0: Jason Gillespie is here with me and it's such an honor to talk to him. I hope your friends, your family and your colleagues are safe and healthy, Jason. The planet's not going through an easy time with the pandemic.
1: Uh, no, it isn't. It's uh, it's been a challenging time for everyone, hasn't it? So I think, as much as anything, we you know we just need to sort of all work together, help each other out. It is a tough time. I I haven't been just in Australia. I've been around the world. I remember when the when the I suppose the pandemic back in March first really I think became evident that this was a really serious issue. I was actually in South Africa on a pre-season tour uh, with Sussex County Career Club, and then we had to. I bought that trip, went back to England, then went back to Australia, spent a few months in Australia, then uh, went back for the back end of the county season. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back in Australia now. I finished my two weeks of quarantine on Tuesday morning, so only been out for a few days. But yeah, it's it's certainly been a tough time for everyone, and uh, you know hopefully everyone is staying safe.
0: Jason, I'm going to I'm going to actually start with the issues that are closer to your heart, and then get to the cricket. A few years ago, when the family and me were visiting Australia, we were a little shocked to see how casual Australians are about kangaroo culling. Some restaurant owners actually told us there were too many of them; they were a menace. In fact, when we were driving down the Great Ocean Road, we saw kangaroos on both sides just lying dead, and uh, it was almost as though running over the kangaroos was a very normal thing to do. And you feel very strong. About kangaroo culling and killing. Let's start with that, please.
1: Yeah, look, it's a look. It is an important issue, and I I think I think it's important to start the conversation. I I suppose for me, I mean, I you know I was fortunate enough to represent our country for a number of years playing sport and playing cricket specifically, and you know we got the kangaroo on our coat of arms. You know, it is a national icon. It's uh, you know a, a big part of Australia. But there are some issues, you know, in our country, and and I suppose where you know, and with commercial culling of of our wildlife, and you know, we had devastating bushfires earlier in the year, and I, I suppose for me, it's just about highlighting the issue and starting a conversation on you know how best to manage. Our wildlife populations. I think that that's more the um, the point I think everyone's trying to make. And, and I think we want to have some detailed scientific studies uh, about populations, you know, throughout our, our states and our country and just work together how best to manage it. Because I think there's been a lot of misinformation of what's going around. And, and I think it's really important to get the advice of, of everyone. You know, including people that it's it, it affects probably more closely. I, I know a lot of farmers, um, you know, raise issues about the challenges of you know of what they go through regarding kangaroos and the like. And but you know, obviously with the devastating bushfires. So I think you know detailed scientific studies to on populations around our country of kangaroos to have that real information and uh, and then go forward on how best to to manage it because it is our national icon. And, you know, we certainly, you know, want to respect and uh, manage our wildlife in our beautiful country as best we can.
0: You're famously vegan, and that you do have a lot of research on. And uh, you even turned around at one point of time and said that maybe there should be non-leather cricket balls. And we lead to, uh, you know, source material to make it. And I'm sure we can find it on the planet. You know, we find things from solutions for most things. And Yorkshire's then sponsor was a dairy company. And you used your influence to talk about that. So your thoughts on, on veganism, I mean, India. Of course, it's a huge thing. You know that. You've been here so so often.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, look, it's um again for me. It's about having these conversation and highlighting you know various issues in our world and start these you know honest conversations. And, you know, sometimes people get very pushed back very quickly and get angry, you know, for reasons, if someone brings up something that maybe doesn't sit comfortably with them. The the reality is, is that, you know, we we don't treat animals as well as we possibly could in our our world. And for me, it's about, you know, making light of these issues and, and starting the dialogue and starting the conversation on, you know, what can we do better? You know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with with these issues coming out. I, look, I'm a very open person. I'm I'm happy to listen to all points of view. I think that's really important, and that's you know how we. How we all learn and uh, listen and learn and improve and and find ways to do things better, you know, because certainly animals on our planet, I personally don't believe that they're respected anywhere near as much as they should, you know. And, you know, for me, it's about having these conversations and and highlighting various issues that we have in our world. And if everyone just has an open mind rather than get angry all the time, which is the default point uh, or default method of some people. In our world and you know have those conversations and listen and you know I'm very open to listening to other points of view I've got no problem with that you know I want to understand I want to our world. You know, there's a lot of things I don't understand. There's more things I don't understand than I do. Uh, That's for sure. But I I think just having these discussions, I think, you know, it's how we grow, how we learn, how we improve.
0: Now, we're very excited about uh, India Touring Australia. That's just coming around the corner. (laughs) And uh, this is a huge thing for us because we haven't had a bilateral series for nine months now, Jason, you know, and this is huge because, you know, you've been there, Boxing Day Test, you know, the whole shkabang. And also for us, an opportunity for a first overseas pink ball test match also the return of Steve Smith and Warner as far as you guys are concerned let's talk about that that massive India Australia series in Australia please
1: yeah very exciting we all love test series involving our two countries there's no doubt about that I was look I was fortunate enough to play in a number of series against our two great against your nation India you know some of the some of the most enjoyable cricket that that I've been fortunate enough to play and, and be involved in and I think everyone is really looking forward to it. You said, you know, nine months without a, a series—it's a long time, isn't it? And too long. But we don't understand the reasons why. Of course, we do. But look, I, look, I'm really excited. India will have their—is it the first pink ball test that India have played? Will it be? No,
0: we've played one, but overseas. Right, first, first overseas
1: one. Okay, so that's right. You did play one in India. Um, so look, that, that'll be a challenge. But look, what I would say to India is, don't don't fear it because. You know, a lot's been made of, of the, the differences with day-night, test cricket. And yeah, there are some differences, but if you worry too much about it and make a big deal out of it, it's going to be a big deal. Yes, there are challenging times and they talk about when the lights, you know, the natural light just starts to drop away and then artificial light takes over. That can be a bit of a challenge, particularly for batsmen and particularly for fielders. You know, with the pink ball, you know, certainly great for fast bowlers from what I gather. Um, but look, I don't think India need to fear that. Look, it's a wonderful spectacle. The day-night tests have been played in my home uh, town of Adelaide the last few years. It's been just a wonderful spectacle, and you know I'm certainly looking forward to not just that Test match, but but all the Test matches. You know I think it's two very very balanced cricket teams. Both have a lot of strengths, and it's going to be a a fascinating battle. and and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: And from our our boys, I'm sure you're excited by seeing uh, Jasprit Bumrah and of course Virat and Rohit get out there and perform.
1: Most certainly. Look, as a cricket fan, I put my cricket fan hat on. Uh, I just want to see the best players play, and and I think most I think most cricket fans want that. And I know as players, players want to play against the best cricketers because you want to test yourself. You you want to you know in my era, my career, I was I was very fortunate to come up against some wonderful cricketers from all over the world. And I look at India and and some of the players that I was fortunate enough to lock horns with, so to speak, in the, in the heat of the battle. And you want to test yourself against the best players and. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't win, uh, but that, that's the part of the fun. And I'm sure every player on both in both squads will be uh, really excited about that. You, mes- you mentioned Jasper Boomer, you know, look, Indian fast bowlers. I think you know the resources of Indian pace bowling is about as good as it's been for almost ever. Really, look, Jasper Bumrah. I think he's a superstar. I think you know he's got that, that unusual action you know but he he's a big strong man and and you can see how he generates that that pace and and he brings a lot of skill to the table he can swing the ball he, he moves the ball off the seam it's almost like he's got complete control over he can bowl a yorker at will which is a very underrated ball in the longest form of the game it doesn't get bowled anywhere near enough so look he'll be a real handful for the Australian batsman as with mohammed shami he he's been a been a fine player as a the bowling the bowler in me, I love watching the release position. He, he releases the ball at the seam, goes straight down the wicket. He gives himself every chance to move the ball off the seam or swing the ball through the air and... Um and i'm hoping ishant sharma is back to full fitness uh, i'm not sure if he will be but you know i've been fortunate enough to spend a little bit of time with ishant in the past you know i i just love his work ethic and his willingness to improve himself even after playing you know best part of 100 test matches he, he's still finding ways and to better himself and improve to help his team win games of cricket and you know, it's no surprise to me the last few years he, he's shown what a very fine bowler he is. And uh, so, look, the, the Aussie, Aussie batters, they'll certainly have their work cut out for them. But equally, as I said just before, they're going to be pretty excited to come up against a, a fine bowling, a uh, seam bowling attack like that.
0: As a fan of your of your bowling, your batting, of your career, let's talk about highlights. You're 7 for 37 at Headingley in Leeds. If I'm not mistaken, it was 1997. It was the fourth test. Australia won by an innings in 61. You must remember that very, very fondly.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, it Probably, to be honest, it probably wasn't the, the very best I bowled in a, in a test match. I think sometimes if you are bowling, I, I, did, I was bowling reasonably quick. And they had the conditions were, were certainly in the favour because England at the last minute, the day before the test match, actually changed the pitch. They were a bit concerned that the surface that was originally prepared at Headingley was probably going to favour Shane Warne too much. It was a bit too dry and and they felt it was going to be too much in favour of Warney. So they changed pitches at the last minute. I think another thing that they did that was wrong, they actually dropped Andy Caddick from the squad before that test match. And, and we were absolutely shocked because... We found him to probably be the most difficult England seamer to face. And we were almost licking our lips with the fact that he was being left out. And then they changed the surface to a more seam bowler-friendly wicket, which would have suited Andy Caddick to a T. But yeah, so what happened, it was a greenish tinge on the wicket. It it had bounce and carry. And uh, you know, for a young 22-year-old fast bowler trying to make his name for himself in world cricket, it couldn't have been better. And uh, look, I got lucky, a couple of lucky dismissals. Bowled oh, a little bit, little bit of pace. And look, the stars aligned and I managed to pick up seven wickets.
0: Awesome. Would you say your 6-for-40 against the West Indies, the fourth Test Melbourne 2000, would be right up there? I mean, I remember how you set Brian Lara up and got him.
1: Yeah, I probably would agree with that. It was probably... I was probably as in control of my bowling as as I ever was in my career. At one point I think I had about si- I had 6 for 6 at one stage and you know, I had all these grand visions of taking all the wickets in the innings but probably got ahead of myself a little bit. But look, I certainly felt I was bowling very well and you mentioned an over to Brian Lara. It was just look. I think again, you need a little bit of luck along the way. I was certainly looking to just draw him across and try and get him to to nick the ball, and then one just hit the seam and just held its line and, and just came back a little bit and uh, and he let it. He fortunately, he shouldered arms and it just clipped that top the top of off stump and uh, you know which is which is what you try to do as a bowler. And uh, look, it's one of those things that worked out in the end. But but it was certainly yeah, I was I was pretty happy with that performance.
0: A year later, Jason, you get on the honours board at Lords. It was a five for fifty and your mate mark war owes you one because he became the world record holder for catches catch off your bowling i think he was at second slip if i'm not mistaken that again must be a tick in your career
1: yeah uh, to get on the you know selfishly i suppose to get on the on the honor board at lords is a wonderful thing i know glenn McGrath got five for in the first innings of that game so up on the on the honors board with my good mate Glenn. but yeah you're right mark war that catch to get my fifth wicket it was his to break the record so you know i think there was a bit of a clap from the boys to to celebrate that achievement which was a wonderful achievement by mark you know certainly one of the best slip fielders the game's ever seen and yeah to top it off i, I managed to sneak a little fifer in which, a cheeky little for which was great
0: I'll tell you when you shocked the whole country uh, and I mean India it was 2004 you guys hadn't won a test series here since 1969-70 and the last time you came in, which is 2001, we'd given you guys a hiding. And here you come in in 2004. There's Sachin Tendul Sehwag, Rahul Dravid, you know, our biggies, VVS Lakshman and Australia beat India in India. And that must have been so massive for you from a team perspective, Jason.
1: It was huge. And the thing we did, you know, the lessons we learned from the 2001 series, which was one of the best series I played in without a shadow of a doubt. It was a wonderful test series. I think Harbour finished with over 30 wickets. Uh, there was that famous test match in Kolkata where Dravid and Laxman put on that ridiculously huge partnership that we had no answer to. Laxman finished with 281, Dravid, I think, 180 odd. We had no answers as bowlers. We tried absolutely everything. But that was a wonderful test match, wonderful test series. But the lessons we learnt from that as a bowling group were we wanted to change our tact on how we went about it. So we. In one we, we bowled the Australian line, that off st- fourth stump line, invite the Indian batsmen to play through the offside because Indian batsmen are naturally so strong off the stumps and very wristy type players. They can basically hit the ball from the stumps anywhere between mid-on and square leg. So we wanted to, in one we wanted to stay away from that that area. And and it had a little bit of success. We won the first test in one but then we lost the next two. So in 4 we decided to change tact and we wanted to back our fitness as fast bowlers. We thought if we just keep, I know it can get hot and humid in India, but we just thought if we keep running in and attacking the stumps and we'll set some catches on the leg side, we'll have a couple of defensive fielders as well, and... It was the old theory is if, if the Indian would miss the ball, we're either going to hit their pads or hit the stumps. And by having the defensive fielder out on the leg side boundary, if they managed to get past the two catching mid-wickets, each batter had to actually run the runs in between wickets in the hot, humid conditions as opposed to getting the easy boundary. And And we just thought if we could just keep hanging in, hanging in, as long as we can, the Indian batsman will get tired after a while and, and miss a straight one. And, and if you look back over that series, we got a lot of wickets, bowled, LBW and caught by Adam Gilchrist, the wicketkeeper. You know, we often employed only one slip fielder or even no slip fielders. Gilly often Adam Gilchrist Often speaks about That tour About how he Didn't feel in the Game a lot Because he didn't Have to catch a lot Of balls Because we were Bowling so straight So that was a Change in mindset That was a bit of a Put our egos away A little bit And bowl to a Really specific plan And then our Batsmen were able To score runs Against the Indian Seamers and the Indian spinners But I suppose You know One match that Probably doesn't get The credit it deserves Is probably the, the Test match in Chennai Where the whole Day five was washed out India by Would have Probably won that game if we're honest, chasing a modest uh, total to win the game. But it got rained out, and we snuck away with a draw. And then we managed to win in after winning the first test in Bangalore. Then we won in Nagpur, and uh, that took us two nil up with one to play. And um, yeah, so that, that was that was a lot of fun.
0: People just keep talking about the 200, the double 100, and you're never going to escape that question. But I look at your batting, and I see that 41 against Sri Lanka. Unfortunately, that was the game where, where Steve Waugh and you collided. I see a 54 not out against uh, New Zealand at the Gabba with Glenn McGrath. I see a 100 in the Pura Cup. I see a 100 in, <laughs> for Yorkshire, if I'm not mistaken, in county cricket. So, you know, much as that 201 against Bangladesh is celebrated, you were quite a decent batsman, Jason. Fancied yourself as an all-rounder ever?
1: I only started to have ambitions to be seen as potentially all rounder very late in my career because I think I mean the 200 was my first 100 in any cricket and then I I, I followed it up with a, with a couple of a hundred for South Australia and a hundred for Yorkshire as you mentioned you know you contribute a little bit you know here and there you know I think my last season of first class cricket I you know I think I uh, for South Australia I, I think I, I nearly averaged 30 so I wasn't well it wasn't a mug with the bat but certainly I. You know, bowling was always my my first love and it's always nice reflecting on my 200. I like to wind my mates up and uh, remind them about that. Um, But certainly, I I enjoyed batting immensely. I really did. But I genuinely loved bowling. Uh, Bowling was my bread and butter. That's that's exactly what I was born to do. I I loved fast bowling and uh, that was always my favourite thing to do. But I certainly did enjoy my batting.
0: Jason, why aren't you coaching more in India? I mean, you did that bit with Kings 11 Punjab and the IPL, but much as I, I respect and love the fact that you're nurturing guys like Bairstow and Plunkett and Joe Root and all these guys, we miss you in India. <laughs> Have you just been too busy with your work in England and in Australia to be able to take up a, a long-term coaching assignment here?
1: Yeah, look, 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 I'd certainly look at it. If ever an opportunity came up in India, I mean, as you mentioned, I, I had a great experience with Kings 11 Punjab in 2011. You know, I certainly learnt a lot. It was, it was it was, a, it was a lot of fun. But, look, I got offered an opportunity um, not long after that to coach in the UK with Yorkshire. And, and I think just with the with the seasons, the way they work, you know, it certainly didn't fit in. But, look, at some point in the future, I'd love to get involved and uh, be involved in, in Indian cricket in some capacity. But but at the moment, I've just signed on. You know, I've got an opportunity to coach my home state, South Australia. You know, I've coached the Adelaide Strikers for the last five big bashes, and I've really enjoyed that. And I've got a, you know, I've contracted for for a few more years there. You know, but look, we'll see down the track, you know, I'm a career coach and I love helping players improve. I love helping teams get better. And that's what, you know, what gets me up and gets me going in the morning. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy that. And uh, I enjoy the challenges of, of helping players and teams get better.
0: Dizzy comes from Dizzy Gillespie, your pet name, the Jazz trumpeter. And who was the first to it give it does. to you?
1: I remember my first second eleven game for South Australia. I was picked as an eighteen-year-old, and we had a trip to Melbourne. Uh, we were South Australia's second team, was playing the Victorian second eleven, and. Uh, we got our first training session Um one of our opening batters just said, Jason, we're going to call you Dizzy after Dizzy Gillespie, the jazz trumpeter. And, and everyone just started calling me Dizzy and that was it. It's, uh, it's just stuck.
0: My last question is, what's on your phone? Uh, do you enjoy some music? I mean, I, when I was a kid growing up, these Australian bands, Enix excess, Jimmy Barnes, Kylie, the Little River Band were all heroes for me. What kind of music were you listening to? And now does the kid's choice come on to you? <laughs> you know, Have you started listening to some modern music? What's on your phone?
1: Yeah, look. I, I, a lot of the time, I just literally put the radio on. So if I go for a run, for instance, I probably listen to the radio or have a various mix. I, I used to be very much into hard rock and heavy metal, and uh, I still, every now and again, I don't mind listening to a bit of uh, bit of that sort of pump up music. But I, I look, I Metallica I'm, I'm, is it Metallica? I didn't mind a bit of Metallica, uh, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, and the likes. I suppose these days, I mean, you mentioned Little River Band and Aussie band. I uh, probably my. I'm in a bit of a phase at the moment when I go for my runs or my long walks where I uh, I, I listen to a bit of Aussie stuff. You mentioned In Excess, which is great, um, but certainly Little River Band I've been listening to a little bit in recent times. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm very much, I I can listen to anything from heavy metal to Neil Diamond and rock and Rod Stewart. So I'm very open to, maybe it's just me mellowing in, in my older age, but, but I, I like all music. I, I don't have an absolute preference anymore. It's uh, If I like the beat, I like the sound of it, I'll listen to it.
0: You know, uh, you have so much love and respect amongst the cricket community in India because of your strong sense of right and wrong, Jason. I remember when Sandpaper Gate happened, you were the first one to call Steve Smith out and said, you know, he needs to pay for this. I mean, it's, it's wonderful that he's back. He's learned his lesson mm-hmm. and we look forward to a great series. Thanks very much for this conversation. And uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing you in India soon in person. Cheers, no, Jason.
1: Absolutely. No, thank you very much. And uh, really enjoyed the chat. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you.